Hello, and welcome to the James Market Clarity Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Kraft. And today on episode 10, we have Trent Dysert and Mustafa Muna with us to provide you a mid-year update to our annual economic outlook. Gentlemen, how are you today? I'm doing well, Neil. Excited, excited to be here. Doing great. Thank you. Good, good. Excellent. Well, I'm very excited to have you both here today, you know, as this is our first panel approach, if you will, to the show. And I think our listeners are in for a real treat. Mo, I'll start with you. If you don't mind, let's go ahead and provide our listeners just a a brief recap of the second quarter, what happened in the stock and, and bond markets. Sure, Neil. Uh, this, in the second quarter, we uh, we saw the, the broad stock market index like uh, the Russell 3000 uh, rising over 8% and reaching an all-time high on June 30th, uh, almost the end of the quarter. We saw large stocks of the Russell 1000, 1000 outpacing the smaller stock of Russell 2000 by over 4%. Uh, this is a, a reversal from what happened in the first quarter, where a small cap actually outperformed the large cap. Uh, from a style and size perspective, uh, we saw l- large growth stocks gaining more than twice as much as small cap value. And that was also a change from the first quarter. And uh, in the bond wards, uh, looking at the broad bond market ind- indices, uh, all of them rebounded during the second quarter as rate uh, declined. Uh, from, the 10 year went from 1.7 all the way down to 1.3. Uh, in the ag, the ag rose two percent in total return basis after losing three point four percent in the first quarter. Again, that's a change from uh, from what happened in the first quarter. Overall, it was a good quarter for bo- both stocks and bond market. Okay, well, I appreciate that, Mo. Trent, it seems as though the inflation debate, uh, as it's is it transitory, is it here to stay? really reached a crescendo last quarter. What research do we have, and where do we see this inflation debate heading for for the remainder of this year? Yes, the the debate with inflation has certainly heated up. You know, on on one side, you have Fed Chairman Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen, who are arguing inflation is only temporary and is driven by, you know, the base effects, short-term supply-demand imbalances, and negative domestic output uh, gap. Then on the other side of the debate, you know, you have the surging the surge in consumer spending, rising commodity prices, trillions in government aid, decoupling from China, and the rise of deglobalization are all arguments for the permanent spike in inflation. Uh, I think a few things to keep in mind, and you know, things uh, to watch out for in the future are the amount of uh, the unemployed workers and the rise in wage in wage growth. Okay. Okay. Well, we appreciate that, especially things that we can look at into the future. Trent, I'm going to stay with you here for a minute as we shift uh, onto the Federal Reserve. Uh, Now, the Fed has been really supportive uh, during the pandemic and throughout the recovery. Uh, We're just now starting to hear some rumblings about pulling back or uh, tapering their current bond purchases, which definitely I remember back in 2013 uh, when the smallest couple of words from the Fed chair sent the stock market into a frenzy. Uh, can you share your thoughts on kind of that nuance there and, and how uh, balanced portfolios could be affected? Well, you're right, Neil. The Fed has been very supportive throughout the pandemic. Uh, they pumped trillions of dollars into the system. Their balance sheet has expanded well above levels last seen during the financial crisis back in 2008. Uh, the revenues you mentioned uh, can be traced back to uh, revisions in the dot plot, which is essentially the Fed's um, uh, the Fed officials' rate expectations in the future. 
Uh, the dot plot now hints at a potential increase in interest rates in 2022. Uh, this kind of um, jolted the market recently as those expectations kind of got pulled forward compared to just a few months ago with what they were saying. Uh, for listeners, the concern is whether the Fed can time this uh, taper correctly. If they pull back too early, it could stall the, the economic recovery. If they're too late to the game and wrong on inflation, uh, they could also lose confidence among investors as inflation runs rampant. Okay. So would you say that, that timing that is ultimately the key for the Fed? Yes, I would say that's that's going to be very important. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Mo, I'm going to pass it back to you for, for our next topic. We've seen value definitely have a, a great first half of the year and, and cyclical names uh, have done pretty well uh, also. Do we anticipate those trends to continue uh, into the second half? Well, you're right, Neil. Uh, thanks to rapid vaccine development and distribution, coupled with the reopening of the economy, the small cap value and cyclical trade uh, have done very well uh, over the past six and nine months. Uh, but to answer your question, we need to look at where we are in the business cycle. Uh, a typical business cycle has four distinct phases, early, mid, late, and recession. Uh, value-oriented plays and cyclical names historically perform well in the early part of the economic cycle. Uh, the COVID-19 recession, though, is, is unique in a sense that it caused a complete shutdown of the economy and rapid reopening. Uh, it's likely that some of the economic sectors are already transitioning into mid-cycle state, while others are still in the early phase. Uh, we believe the strong economic performance will continue in the second half of the year, albeit at more moderate pace. It's probably going to be growing at 7% in the rest of the year instead of 13% in the second quarter. Uh, but the supporting tailwind to the economy are provided again by the pent-up consumer demand, friendly fiscal monetary policy, a favorable credit condition, and we have a potential infrastructure deal uh, that may come to f fruition, um, hopefully by the end of the year. And the gen general reopening of, moment, uh, of, of the economy is, uh, is, is a plus to the cyclical trade. Uh, but we need to note, though, as, 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 uh, as Trent uh, mentioned, the growing Fed chatter about tapering is likely to be a headwind for the value cyclical trade and a tailwind to, to the large established uh, growth stocks. So in sum, we believe that in inflation rallies, investors should lower exposure and maintain a tilt to cyclical uh, and economically sensitive stocks, while also having significant weight into the secular growth area as we transition into mid part of the economic cycle where those do well. Thanks, Mo. Definitely uh, lots of moving parts there. Um, yeah. are, are there any risks that, that we uh, can kind of uh, identify that could potentially alter or affect our outlook for the year? Certainly. We, we got, uh, we, uh, we're here, James, watching five risks that we think are major. Uh, first, of the, first one is the inflation. Um, we believe the current high inflation is transitory. Uh, and the, the base effect will fade, the bottleneck in the supply chain should ease by the end of the year, and we should see much more manageable core CPI next year. However, there is always a risk that the inflation is more permanent and that definitely could impact markets in the economy and overall impact the style of investing uh, that everyone is favoring at the moment. Uh, the se second is... Uh, that we're watching valuation. Valuation are at, at extreme level, not seen since the dot-com bubble. Um, looking at the uh, cyclically adjusted price to earnings, it's, uh, it's standing at 38. 
third, uh, uh, we're watching the sentiment, and which is historically very, very bullish, uh, looking at uh, margin debt, uh, fund flows into leveraged ETFs. If you look at the small speculator position in the S&P 500 uh, future markets, that's also uh, highlighting extreme bullishness. And usually that's a contrarian view that you need to, to be cautious going forward. But we need to note that the sentiment and valuation indicator are historically not a great sell timing tool. So, uh, but they can exacerbate any sell-off. Uh, the fourth risk we're watching, as, as Trent already mentioned, is uh, uh, the timing of the Fed taper. Too early, you could stall the economic recovery. Too late, you could lose confidence among investors. And finally, we're watching the U.S. dollar, which is very uh, in a bearish trend, uh, but we think hawkish Fed bodes well for U.S. interest rate going higher, and this leads to attracting more foreign inflows, which could push the dollar higher. This is bearish for U.S. equity, especially large-cap stocks, because they derive 35% of their revenue from outside the U.S., so stronger dollar usually uh, hurt their currency exchange of their foreign sales. Okay. Well, thank you, Mo. Sure. Uh, Trent, uh, back to you. As kind of we tie all this together today, would you mind summarizing and, and sharing our conclusions for, for the outlook? Sure, no problem. Uh, you know, overall, with the tug of war between the permanent and transitory inflation camps and the Fed's policy response to economic recovery, we expect uh, some increased volatility here in the third quarter. However, uh, we expect the, econ- the economy to continue its expansion, um, and, and with the Potential for a bipartisan infrastructure bill coming down the pipeline, we think this will bode well for the economy. Okay. Now, given those conclusions, what's our message to to the investors and the listeners out there today? Yeah, uh, we believe the secular bull market should remain intact. Uh, it's important to be very selective, uh, though, by you know looking at looking for stocks that you know with good relative value, quality characteristics, but um, as Mustafa mentioned, you know, don't ne- neglect those that exposure to the growth areas as the recovery um, uh, transitions into more of a mid cycle. Uh, for fixed income, um, you know, we encourage investors to keep the portfolio duration low. Um, we kind of say, you know, more below maybe a benchmark level, with the potential um, risk of a taper tantrum here in the maybe second half of twenty twenty one. Um, short-term corporates, senior bank loans, floating rate securities—they should do well, and we think those could be beneficial as they, you know, should provide slightly higher income than uh, treasury securities. Excellent, Trent, Mo, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it, and uh, I know our, our listeners do as well. Of course, no problem. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Glad to be here. If you have any questions about our updated annual economic outlook, or our podcast, please visit us at www.jamesinvestment.com for more information. James Investment, your future, our purpose. 